Welcome to the latest edition of At The Flicks Movie News. All you ever need to know about what is happening in the strange world of the movies. The three amigos of Graham, Jeff and Neil are back, suited and booted, to guide you through the crazy business of show. This month, Jeff reveals some breaking festival news. Graham finds a new friend, and I put a bet on a British star to win an Oscar next year. You're missing the thrill of Cheltenham racing so much that you are now betting on movies, Neil. You know me, Graham. I only bet on sure things. Look how much money I won last month betting Jeff is taller than you are. I don't think I did, actually. I think I bet the other way. That was fixed. I'm still awaiting the result from the Stewart's inquiry to prove it. Look, far be it from me to be the voice of reason. But may I continue? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> May I continue as we have a lot to get through in a short amount of time. I've got to be out here as soon as it ends to get to my James Bond screen test. Which Bond film is this for? Let me guess, from Ponty Preeth with Love. <laughs> More like Brokeback Mountain Ash. <laughs> Love you trying to do an Welsh accent. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> was that Welsh or Pakistani? It was, um, no, it was, it was neither. Very- it was global. <laughs> yeah, that's funny because I thought you were trying to sell me a curry. All right, <laughs> let's see who's laughing when I win our James Bond competition and get the part. Remember, we give you the suitcase, Mr. Hills. Nudge, nudge. For listeners wanting to know the latest on how the friendly rivalry Bond competition is going, oh. friendly, yeah, please check out our Facebook page for amusing updates and photos. Meanwhile, back to the film news and some exclusives. Here is an update on a film in production, and sharp-eared listeners may remember us discussing this feature before. Louisa, an amazing adventure. Thanks to the generosity and assistance of Dave and Maz Reynolds from GB Entertainment Limited, we have been preparing a special podcast on this animated movie. As a reminder, it's based on the true story of the lifeboat Louisa. Now, back in 1899, the Louisa had to be taken overland during horrendous weather conditions for a daring rescue attempt. The podcast, which is a compendium of features and interviews, follows the creation of this marvellous film from inception to music scoring. The Louisa show will be uploaded later this year to tie in with the film's release. Having seen it, I can report back to you that this is something very special and well worth waiting for. And while you're patiently waiting, we have very exciting Louisa news for you. The film has been selected to be part of this year's KVC, that's Kids Video Connection Film Festival, which takes place in June. KVC is based over in Decatur in Georgia, USA, and this is the 14th year of the festival. What is special about the KVC Festival is that it promotes positive, educational, and entertaining children and family-orientated films. So to be selected is indeed an honour. To be selected in competition, as Louisa has, is a real achievement. So if you're one of our American listeners, why not check out with KVC if you can be one of the lucky few to see this treat of a feature? We will give you an update regarding the festival in our July film news, and of course, we'll keep you posted as to Louisa's release developments. Now, due to the ongoing COVID restrictions, the KVC Festival will be virtual this year. 
Another festival, which will be virtual for the same reasons, is this year's Cheltenham International Film Festival, or SIF for short. I am very pleased to be able to reveal to you that the At The Flicks team have been involved with the film selection programme for the festival. The selection for the festival is going to be a tough call based on the movies I've seen. In a future news show, we will reveal to you what we've been watching. The festival itself will take place online Monday the 24th of May to Sunday the 6th of June. The team, led by its founder and director Leslie Sheldon, are looking to programme around 35 feature films. This is the third year for this prestigious event, the second which has had to be virtual. That said, the virtual programme last year was a huge success and we fully expect this year's festival to surpass that. As we get confirmed programme details, we will release them to you. Watch this space for more exciting news on the Cheltenham International Film Festival 2021 and the At The Flicks team's involvement. Now, for more exciting news, let's go over to Graham. Jeff is allowing me to give an update on an actor who has been in a number of Marvel films. Even better and more exhilarating, this actor has been cast previously alongside the Mel, the Bruce, the Gerard, and is soon to be seen in the sequel to one of my favourite films of the last five years. Can we have a drum roll for this sensational reveal, please? I am talking about the great Frank Grillo. Frank has acting credits on IMDb going back almost 30 years. However, his career really took off in 2010 when he made Edge of Darkness with The Mail, which was far better than the BBC TV series, says Jeff, not me. After that, there was the powerful drama The Grey with The Liam and Lay the favourite, sounds like you betting again, Neil, although not sure on what, with The Bruce. Graham, how do you find these incredible actors to talk about? Natural talent, Jeff. I am so in (laughs) tune with the actors of our generation. And another reason I like Frank is... I look really sexy naked. You and me both, Frank. (laughs) Of course, there was that dip when he decided to get involved with Marvel and play some character called Rumbelows after the famous electrical goods shop. That's a 1970s reference, Chef. Nobody's going to get that. Also known as Crossbones. Now, he is back on form with some excellent films just out and others coming shortly. Let's take a look at these. Mr. Grillo currently has two films on release with mega co-stars. First, there is Boss Level, a sort of sci-fi Groundhog Day, where he stars opposite The Mail. Who else? On release in America via Hulu, we are still waiting for this in the UK. Come on, guys. Us Mel and Frank fans need this fix to feed our habit. Get a release (laughs) day sorted in the UK now. (laughs) Luckily, we have another Frank movie available via DVD and VOD. In this one, he stars opposite The Bruce. It is a future sci-fi actioner called Cosmic Sin. In this movie, The Bruce and The Frank combine forces to fight... (laughs) 
race of zombie aliens. I can report that this is great fun. And that 8% rating on Rotten Tomatoes is just fake news. It is not, as per the Roger Ebert website, baffling and boring. It is, in fact, a 2001 for this day and age. See it and tell me I'm wrong. Listen to this clip from Cosmic Sin, which proves my point. Operation Cosmic Sin is now a go. That there is a space gate. They can bring their army here. What's the status of the Q-bomb? If we want to launch the Q-bomb, we need to get into orbit. Suits up. That's something, huh? We didn't know whether to burn it or put it in a museum. I'm sure they said the same thing about me. Wow, great clip, Graham. Like you, I never understand when people knock the Bruce. Robert the Bruce, I'm assuming you mean. <laughs> no one should. I started wearing a vest <laughs> as soon as I saw the Bruce in Die Hard, and I haven't taken it off since. 30 years of counting. Anyway, back to the Frank. Coming in August is the sequel to one of the best films of the last decade, The Hitman's Bodyguard. The sequel is imaginatively titled The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. In case you had forgotten, who couldn't, the last film had the best action sequence ever filmed in Coventry. There was plenty of action and non-stop laughs throughout, courtesy of its stars Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson and Salma Hayek. Now they are back for a sequel where Reynolds and Jackson, a.k.a. Bryce and Kincaid, have to team up to protect the life of Kincaid's wife, Sonia, played by Hayek. How do you make a great film even better for its sequel? Get the best cast you can. Although I have to say, I was expecting the male to be on board with this one. You missed a trick there, movie producers. However, apart from The Frank, they have added Morgan Friedman, Antonio Banderas to the cast with Banderas playing the villain. To quote Lionsgate's president Ron Schwartz on this upcoming classic, this is what summer movie making is all about. Great crowd-pleasing entertainment. <laughs> I can't ask for anything more than that, other than the addition of a few stars I've already mentioned. So how does Frank top that? Comes on our show to discuss his movie choices? Please God, no. Great idea, Jeff. Next time I'm talking to him, I'll ask him. Although, if I remember correctly, he was a bit worried last time about fact-checker Neil with his primal urges to always correct people. I can only ask and let you know what he says. Back to the Frank's upcoming films. I hear you asking out there in listener land, how could he top that movie? Easy, really. The only way is to make a film with the Gerard. Luckily, he made one last year, which was mainly shot in Georgia. They star together in Cop Shop, which was directed by Joe Carnahan, who also directed Frank and the Mel in Boss Level. Hmm, mental note, I must look at talking about that director in a future movie news. God, no. As for the plot of Cop Shop, what as a plot? It is an action thriller set in a small town police station, and involves a battle for survival between Vidic, the Gerard, a professional hitman, Teddy, the Frank, a double-crossing conman, Harper, Alex Lauder from the TV series Watchmen, 
as a famous rookie cop and lamb, Toby Huss, a violent mobster. It sounds thrilling and high on my list of movies to watch. If this is as good as the Gerrard's Has Fallen movies, then it is certainly not to be missed and could <laughs> possibly be a contender for my film of the year. Not a hope. No release date for Cop Shop in either the US or Europe as yet, but we will keep you posted. A movie with that pedigree will not sit on the shelf too long. And- Just as an aside, Graham, Joe Carnahan's next film is a remake of The Raid. So it's perfect to cast the Frank again. <laughs> oh, God, they don't need to remake the road. It's perfect. And there is yet more. You can't keep a popular actor from working, which is why The Mel makes so many movies. Also filmed last year is Ida Red, in which the Frank stars alongside Oscar winner Melissa Leo, winner for The Fighter. And Josh Hartnett, Melissa Leo, is Ida Red, a career criminal who is in prison on a 25-year stretch. The twist is the character is battling terminal cancer. Meanwhile, on the outside, her son Wyatt, played by Hartnett, and her brother Dallas, the Frank, are keeping the criminal organization going. That is until a job goes wrong. Very wrong. This leads to some very tough decisions for all members of the criminal family. No release date yet for that one, although it sounds like it could be an awards contender, says Jeff. All of these sound very exciting, Graham. Does the Frank ever get anything wrong? (laughs) Sometimes, Neil. Not even Jeff. (laughs) Sometimes, Neil. Not even Jeff, our mentor. Our mentor. Gets it right all the time. (laughs) Just read the words, Graham. (laughs) (laughs) It's a struggle. There was a period where he was part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He played a character called Sawbones or Crosslet or something like that. Even though he left for better things, he will return as the Crossbones character, voice only, in an animated series called What If for Disney+. Plus. It looks at what would have happened if events in the movie series had gone differently, and one of those episodes will focus on crossbones. I have one Marvel could have used. Iron Man died in that first film. That meant there would have been no Avengers, and all those films could have been forgotten, and we had more meaningful films in their place. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, thanks a lot. I know this is something we can all agree on, said Jeff here. Before I hand over to Neil, I have one more Frank film to talk about. Does this man ever sleep? What? There's more, you say? How can one man make so many top movies? Well, when you have acted alongside the Mel, you are revitalized and go out there and make even more superior entertainment to keep a lot of people happy. In Frank's case, that movie is called MIA, which is due to start filming in late spring. The Frank will play Jax, a man who awakes in a precarious situation with no memory, no time to spare, and everyone in the criminal world is out to kill him. With nowhere to turn, he is forced to team up with a streetwise criminal to find out who he is and realises he might not like the answer he uncovers. Sounds like an upmarket John Wick. Can't wait for this. Is that it? Is it my turn now? Oh, I almost forgot. After listening to the show, please check out our show notes for a surprise. Last month, I mentioned the Mel was filming Agent Game. 
That news was enough for our intrepid American reporter to do some top investigative work. They found out Agent Game was being made in Georgia. As a result, we have some on-set photos of the mail in the show notes. The mail did say that there was a part for me in this movie, but because of COVID rules, I couldn't get on set. Maybe next time, Mel. You know me, always there for you. And now, finally, thank God, Neil. Oh, it's about time. I said at the beginning of the show, which seems a lifetime ago now, that I would bet on a certain British star getting an Oscar next year. I hold to that bet, and that person is Benedict Cumberbatch. You sure, Neil? You won a sure thing with that bet on Graham's site, but this is a much more taller order. <laughs> Fact check me next year. You know, I'm never wrong. So, listeners, I hear you asking, how can you be so sure? He's right about most things, but could this be a step too far? I assure you this will happen. Let me present you with the facts. Firstly, he already has a nomination from 2015 when he was nominated for Best Actor in The Imitation Game. Once nominated, the Academy never forgets you. However, his current slate of prestige movies is exceptional, and three are coming this year. Already out, skipping cinemas for Amazon Prime is The Mauritanian. In this true story of Mahamadou Old Salahi and his time in Guantanamo Bay, Benedict Cumberbatch has a powerful supporting role. I won't say any more on this film at the moment, as we are doing a feature review next month. Instead, here is a little extract from the trailer. I've never been part of a conspiracy, but I'm starting to think this is what it must feel like to be on the outside of it. You're ever thinking this, either wear the jersey or get off the field. That sounds great. What else is upcoming from this very talented actor, Neil? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, first up is another true story, and one that looks likely to be one of the first films which can be seen in cinemas when they reopen in UK or during May. The Courier is a about a British spy, Greville Wayne, who was recruited in 1960 mainly because he made frequent business trips into Eastern Europe. MI5 had him work with Soviet double agent Oleg Penkovsky, played in the film by Mera Nenetsky. These two men had a very important role during the Cuban Missile Crisis, which forms the core of the movie. That and the tragedy that followed. The reviews for The Courier are overwhelmingly positive, with the New York Vulture magazine heaping praise on Mr Cumberbatch's terrific performance, with Rachel Brosnahan, the marvellous Mrs Maisel, and Jesse Buckley also starring, I for one cannot wait to see this, especially in a cinema. Check this part of the trailer. This is unexpected. I can't believe I'm actually having lunch with spies. <laughs> I'm just a salesman. Exactly. Your civilians, the KGB won't be watching. It would be a real service to Great Britain. What would you want me to do? Doesn't that sound good? However, it is the next two films I'm going to talk about that make an Oscar a near cert. Both films are to be released at the end of the year and have awards almost time-stamped into them. The first is a new film from Jane Campion, the first with a male lead being our Benedict. Filmed in New Zealand last year, it is a western set in the 1920s and called The Power of the Dog. 
Two brothers, Phil Cumberbatch and George Jesse Plemons, have spent their whole lives living together on their ranch. Then George gets married, starting a powerful and dramatic turn of events which threatens to destroy them all. Jane Campion made her name with incredible dramas like Angel at My Table and The Piano back in the 1990s. This promises a return to form and there's nothing Hollywood and the Oscars like more than a comeback. Big characters, amazing landscapes and dramatic events. Watch out for The Power of the Dog when it opens later this year. Your betting instincts might be right after all, just like you were in Heightgate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I haven't finished yet. There is also Louis Wayne, a film based on the famous English artist, most notable for his almost surreal paintings of cats. He also suffered much of his life with schizophrenia, with a cast that includes Claire Foy, Andrea Riseborough and Toby Jones. This promises much. And of course, the Academy likes success. So while feeding his artistic side, Benedict Cumberbatch also returns to Marvel for two movies involving his character, Doctor Strange. The first of these two also comes out at the end of the year in a crossover movie, Spider-Man No Way Home. More directly, in March next year, there is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which some suggest also has a link to the recent Disney Plus series, WandaVision. I don't believe there is a chance of award nods for acting in a Marvel movie. God, I hope not. <laughs> you wrote that. However, for the others, I remain convinced, especially the power of the dog. So I believe that was a good bet made there. Even if I lose, we win, and we still get some great Benedict Cumberbatch movies. And now over to Jeff and his last word, as if he would ever let anyone else get a word in. Let Graham insert his merry melodies or some other music he might insert here to get his own back for the shit I've made him read. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Coming, Jeff. Trust me, it's coming. Roll up, roll up. I have a special announcement. To me, everyone, to me. Come along. Don't be shy. Thanks, Maverick Neil. Have fun at your next lock, stock and two smoking barrels poker game. Anyway, (laughs) I won't keep you long. And then you can get back down the bookies to put more money on me winning the bond competition. Another sure thing. I have a score recommendation first for our listeners. Back in show 155, we reviewed Soul, the latest Pixar animated feature. While I thought it started well, the film never lives up to the promise of the first act, although there's much to commend in the movie. One of the aspects worth commending is the score. This is composed by David Fincher regulars, Trent Rasner and Atticus Ross, who have created a listening experience which has new age elements to it, but also brings to mind the Tangerine Dream music scores of the 1980s. Have a listen to this extract from the track The Great Before.
Alongside these two great composers, John Batiste contributes some excellent jazz numbers, which are mainly used in the New York sequences. As a whole, it's a wonderful listening experience, and I would urge you to check it out. A shame the film isn't this consistent. That's soul. Now, on the audiobook side, I have finished listening to A Spectacle of Dust, the autobiography of Pete Postlewaith, which he wrote shortly before his tragically young death. It's narrated by Philip Jackson, who starred alongside Pete in one of his best movies, Brassed Off. What really impressed me about this excellent book is that many stars write books about how they overcame obstacles from their youth to find fortune and fame. Not in this case. Mr. Postlewaith goes to great pains to talk about the love and support from all of his family. That's not to say his professional life was not without its problems. They are candidly addressed here. There are also many humorous stories. One of my faves is when Pete got an agent who told him he should change his surname. Instead, Pete changed his agent. My My only regret is how long it's taken me to get around to listening to this excellent book. It's a must-read, or in my case, a must-listen. That's a spectacle of dust. And for us too, we must go. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and see you on the next show, where I am sure I will talk more about the mail. Until then, we will play out with another track from Soul. To make sure you never miss an episode of this podcast, please subscribe to At The Flicks at our website, attheflicks.uk. And if possible, please remember to rate and review At The Flicks wherever you get your podcasts. You can contact the team on Twitter or by email. Our contact details are also on our website, attheflicks.uk. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.